Let's do it. Now, the guy who likes to get down and dirty, but cleans up real well. You get it. It's time for Beyond Okra with David the Hound Leggett. All right. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing while you're listening to this podcast. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Ultra with me, David the Hound Liggett. Today is August 19, 2016 at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, coming at you from sunny Pennsylvania. As always, my show is sponsored by P4P Muscle and P4P Studios the number one drug-free athlete sponsorship foundation in the world. So if you are an athlete that is looking for a solid foundation or just looking for a clean, drug-free based supplement, check out P4P Muscle at P4PMuscle.com. That is P, the number four, P, Muscle.com. Uh, if you see anything you like on the site, you can use my code HOUND for 15% off at checkout. Uh, we just released the new Alter Ego Extreme, uh, Extreme 2.0, the holy, I'm going to say it today because you know what, we're on Blog Talk, the holy shit edition. Um, the stuff is insane. Uh, I'm a runner by trade, so I'm not a huge guy. I'm not a monster like my guest is today, and, and you'll know what I mean if you check out Instagram. But uh, when I take Alter Ego Extreme on the days I lift, you know, it gives me a pump. Um, I use it uh, during ultra marathons, actually mixed into one of my bottles. Uh, the stuff is amazing. It is safe for day of competition. Most pre-workouts, most supplements you cannot take on the day of your competition due to certain caffeine-related substances that are in there. They are not illegal substances, but they are competition banned off the WADA banned substance. Um, P4P Muscle does not have any WADA banned substances in their ingredients. So everything is safe for day of competition and all the way up through. So if you're an athlete that's about to be drug tested or anything like that, you know, you can feel safe to do it. Uh, I've said before uh, at the OCR World Championships last year, uh, I took P4P uh, Alter Ego right at the starting line, literally two minutes before I went out and raced. And I, I had no quorums that they were going to pull me off the course at the end and drug test me. I was fine. It would have been fine. So uh, check it out, P4PMuscle.com. I think you guys will be pleasantly surprised. The flavors are amazing. Kaylin Patterson will tell you Snickerdoodle. Uh, sorry, Kaylin, but I still have not tried Snickerdoodle. I have ice cream sandwich, grasshopper pie. Um, I have cotton candy, branch chain aminos, and fruit punch. Cotton candy does taste just like cotton candy, so you, you kind of feel guilty drinking at the gym, but you got to know that this is uh, not actual cotton candy, just the flavor. So check them out. You're going to love everything that they have to offer. So today's guest. Uh, he's an awesome dude, fellow teammate of mine on Oral IV and uh, Athletics 8. Athletics 8 is now Morena Sportswear. Um, he is known as well for being a competitor on Steve Austin's Broken Skull Ranch, and it was season two. Um, they've now since called it Steve Austin's Broken Skull Challenge, but you can check it out on TV. He is none other than Christopher Reese. Um, we're going to talk to him in a second here and uh, see how he's doing and what makes him tick. If you've uh, checked him out on Instagram, he is an amazing athlete. Uh, he's a really big dude, but he, he continues to impress me with the uh, the amount of endurance and uh, 
sports that he can overcome and obstacles, especially obstacle course racing. Uh, we, we cross paths a lot of times on the obstacle courses. Very impressive to see a guy of his size and muscular stature to just crush everything he, he takes on. He has his own uh, obstacle course race, which we'll also talk about. So without further ado, let's bring Chris on, and uh, we'll see how he's doing. Chris, good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Um, absolutely wonderful. How are things on your half of Pennsylvania today? Things are going great. It's nice out. We had some we had some nasty weather going on for these last couple of days. Had a big, big storm out here in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, which is where I'm from, and uh, it's finally cleared up today. So it's looking it's looking pretty nice. Absolutely. And uh, if if you guys are over on the West Coast, I talked to Wes Okerson the other week, and he was actually saying about uh, Hollywood, California, had 110 degrees, which is insane. Um, they have a dry heat, as as you guys know from Pennsylvania, and Chris will tell you, we are just rocked with humidity. So I ran this morning, Chris, and I think I lost about five pounds. You know, how how, how are you taking the humidity? Oh, it's it's brutal. It's brutal, especially these last three days. A, uh, the power was out here, actually, at my house for, for 10 hours, and um, it was nasty. Uh, and what I mean by that is that humidity was just a killer. It really, really was. And, um, you know, but – Things are things are looking good today, and it's still pretty hot. There's no rain. There's nothing really coming for the next 48 hours, from what it's saying. But I definitely agree with you there. The humidity is definitely uh, will definitely get you. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, hey, you know, it's it's a good diet. I mean, so to speak. If uh, <laughs> if that's the way you want to lose weight, go out and run for like 30 miles in this. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, you can eat, yeah. eat whatever you want and go out and run in the humidity, right? That's right. That's right. Why not? So. You, you, you caught the intro. Um, basically, like I said, I, I am I am immediately impressed at the at the, uh, at the amount of endurance that you carry with you. I mean, you're you're a big dude, um, and I see the workouts you pull. So it's no shock that you should have as much endurance as you do. So, you know, that was one of the things I wanted to bring on to the show. Is uh, we I, I try and focus on you know, like positivity and things like that. And I know you came from uh, from a rough patch in your life. And I know you want to talk about that. Do you want to just basically introduce who you are and, and, and how you got to where you are from, from your rough beginning, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can basically start off as, you know, um, Christopher Reeve and I now live in Latro, Pennsylvania. I originally lived in Greensburg, which is about a 15, 20 minute difference. Um, you know, and talking about the, the rough, the rough patch that I had. <laughs> um, well, that basically started pretty much at, at the age of 12 and you know it all started with with me having the mindset of negativity um you know and I was hanging out with kids that were a lot older than me uh you know and they were they lived in the neighborhood when I was living with my parents and I started hanging around them and they brought a lot of negativity on to me as well um and we did things you know the the drugs came into play um you know and my behavior was just getting to the point where it was out of control um you know and at the age of 12 they I was placed on probation because of my me just being defiant, you know, plain as day. It's just, it was my, me, me being defiant. And, uh, they placed me on a 30 day regiment into a boot camp in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, which was called Cornell Braxis. Um, and that was pretty much to try to, it was like a beyond scared straight for me. And, uh, you know, when that transpired and that happened 30 days, I was released from that program. And at that time, you know, I felt, I felt pretty good. They got me in shape. You know, I got away from some of the things. But then, uh, you know, I think the biggest, the biggest struggle that I had was once I was released, I was sent back into the same type of environment with the same type of kids um, doing the same type of thing. And, you know, it, it got worse. 
um, you know, as I grew older, um, I started to experiment more with different types of drugs and, you know, things just got really, really bad for me. Um, you know, and when I look back on it and I say, well, you know, with that 30, that 30 day placement facility for that boot camp, the positive that it gave me was that it scared me. Yes. I was 12 years old. I was the youngest kid in that placement facility at that time. Yeah. It scared me. You know, they, as soon as I got there, they shaved my head, you know, they screamed in my face, you know, some pretty, some pretty real, real stuff going on there, you know? Um, but once I, like I said, once I got released from that program, um, I don't think it changed my attitude. If anything, it just got me worse. Um, and I think the biggest downfall for me was just being sent back in the same type of environment, you know, and, um, I was then placed into what they call outside in, which is a outdoor adventurous type facility. And I was there for two years. I was the longest juvenile to be placed in a placement facility for that long in that, in that, uh, placement facility. Um, but what was cool about that and what I really like about that program, and I will always say this, is that what really got me into being fit and being active and loving outdoor sports was that they took us on trips. And the trips that we got to do, uh, I biked the CNO Canal, which is Cumberland all the way to D.C., um, and I did that four times. Um, I got to go to Colorado. I hiked. Um, I got to really experiment a different side of life, and that really helped engage me to want to also change my ways and to do better and to do good things. You know, and I've always had a very positive support from my mother and my father and also my brother too, as well. Um, they were always there, you know, and they wanted to, they wanted me to do good. You know, it was just at that point in time in my life, I really struggled. And I, you know, I really do feel that being in that placement facility for that amount of time really did tremendously help me. And it took me a while. <laughs> it took me longer than pretty much anybody to uh, really just, focus on myself and try to find the positive in my life and stick with it. And the one thing that really helped me with that program more than anything was the regiment that they gave us. We woke up every morning at five o'clock and we would go on a five mile run. And then we would go to school from seven to three. And then we would have more physical activity, whether we were outside playing football or we were playing basketball or that there was always physical activity. And that's the regiment that taught me to always stay and stick with. Um, and so pretty much when I was released from that program, things started looking up for me. But once again, it still was a very difficult time for me being sent back in once again to the same type of environment with the same type of kids. Now, my mindset was changed. I was a lot different. I was away for a long time. So, yes, things were going good. But it was also still a struggle for me being around kids that were just very negative, that all they wanted to do was party and do drugs and hang out and just do negative when I'm trying to stick positive. And now this is when the obstacle course racing came into play. Um, this was, I believe my first race was in 2011 and it was a tough mutter. Um, and I did it in Pennsylvania and I just wanted to go out there and do it. You know, I saw some of the previews online. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. You know, this looks pretty awesome. I would really like to try to test myself, you know, to do something like this. And, uh, you know, I went out there and I did it. And it was the most, one of the most difficult things I ever did in my life at that time in the physical shape that I was in. Um, it was just really, really challenging. But after that race was done and I crossed that finish line, it was the most amazing accomplishment mm-hmm. ever. And the feeling that I had from that was just incredible. And I was like, wow, this is like my calling. This is my niche. I have to continue to do this. I have to get on this regiment and I have to stay on this regiment and I cannot let anything else bring me down. I have to stick this path. Um, and that's, and that's, that's what I did. 
you know, um, I started looking up more races. I really got into the OCR community along with the sport, and I fell in love with it. You know, it was, it's just – it's amazing how much a sport can change your life. Yeah. I agree. You know, and uh, it's it's funny because I actually ran into a guy on the uh, 45K I ran two weeks ago. Um, he's actually uh, in his 40s now. I think he's 44 years old, and he actually went to the same camp. He had a similar story, and, you know, we – Obviously, on a 45K, we had a while to talk, and I, I was pleasantly surprised that the same thing. He got into the, the five-mile-a-day running at the beginning, and he just, like you, decided, you know what? I, I cleaned myself up by being here and forced to, but he realized that the working out and that regimen was, was just the way he wanted to go, too. So I, th- I think that's the design of the camp, obviously, Chris, and, and I'm glad that you were able to hold off, you know, a repeat and – just go back, go to positive and, and find something that, you know, gave you focus and drive. I think that's impressive. And, and that's what I want most people out here to, to, to realize is that, you know, things happen, people make choices in life, but it's how you carry on from choices is that, that really makes you the person that you are. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be talking to you here and happy to hear that, you know, you are where you are now, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, and you know, don't get me wrong. It wasn't, it was a it was a long stretch my childhood, you know, from that time from 12 to 17 of the constant negativity, being around the negativity and having that mindset. It was very difficult to get out of that, you know, and it's not as easy said than done, you know, and people sure. say like, oh, you know, if you if you sit down and you talk with a counselor and they they can help you with drug and alcohol and they can they can evaluate you and they can they can teach you that honestly, in my opinion, it's all about you. It's all about you and what you do with it and how you take that information in, you know, and, and, and it's all about your drive and what you want to do with yourself. You know, you have to be the one to want to change, you know, um, and it was just it was a long stretch. There was a lot of things there, you know, that were very difficult. There was a lot of obstacles there um, that, would, that made things difficult, you know, not being able to see, you know, my supportive family, my mother and father. They came up every weekend, you know, to see me. You know, um, we had visitation. I think it was every Saturday and Sunday. My dad was always there. You know, mom was always there. Um, you know, it was just, it was tough. It was tough. And, you know, but I got through it, you know, and I, I came yeah. through that and I went through that and, you know, now, now here I am, you know, and I, <laughs> and I can say this now, you know, a lot of kids that I was hanging out with at that time, you know, growing up, a lot of them are either dead or they're in jail, you know, and, you know, the drugs yeah. have gotten worse over the years and, you know, people are just, you know, people just fall off and they, they can't yeah. seem to find themselves. And that's, and that's what they go to. You know, and I refuse to let myself ever go back to that or ever have a thought of wanting to go back to that. You know, and it's it's crazy, but this is what changed my life. You know, and, and maybe that it, it's it's for the better because I mean now now look where you are, and we'll talk about that because I mean where you are now, you you have a lot of a lot of great things going for you, a lot of people that surround you that you know you have on the positive side. Um, I'm the same way. I mean, I've talked about my job a couple times here on this, but we all know my job was the opposite of, of what you did as a, as a kid. My job was, was the, my job is the guy that puts the people where they are. If you, if you get right. where I'm coming from, but you know, I, I see negative every day, eight hours a day, constantly, same thing. People that, you know, you know, have, have issues that just can't control themselves or help themselves. And, you know, we try and find them help, but I, I'm the same way. I want to be surrounded by positivity when I'm not there. It's just, it's just hard. It's hard to deal with eight hours a day, but it, you know, you get through it. But mm-hmm. Let me ask you. So the draw at Tough Mudder, you know, you ran Tough Mudder. I think at the point when you probably ran that first one is a lot of people are always like, 
10 miles or, oh, it's this. But once you get to the race, you don't even think about the mileage anymore. I mean, for me, I don't know how you feel when you race obstacle courses. I'm always thinking about the next obstacle coming up, and I'm not thinking about the fact that I'm running half a mile, three-quarters of a mile, or a mile in between to get to those next obstacles. So I don't know if, if that's the draw for you, that it just kind of takes your mind away from everything other than what you're doing at the task at hand, which is what I like about it. But I think the yeah, reward I, is when could- you finish. No, I, I just I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more with what you're saying when when it comes to going to the to the race and you know you're thinking there's no I never once thought about the mileage, and that's yeah. that's a very good point of what you said. Never once. Yep. And how many times do people stress over that? They they hear like a Spartan race, like five miles. Oh, I can't do five miles. And everybody's like, oh, I finished. And I say, hey, uh, how did you like the five mile run? And most people go, holy crap, you're right. I I actually did run five miles. What? You know, that's weird. Like up and down a mountain. You know, that's, I think that's what I love about obstacle course racing is everybody's so intent on the obstacles and the hanging and the picking and the lifting. Like an ultra beast, you finish 33 miles yep. of a Spartan race and you finish and you're like, whew, those obstacles wrecked me. Then you're like, oh, wait, I just traversed 33 friggin' miles on a mountain. You know, like, I think that's <laughs> the draw. You know, I, I, I just think that's the draw. So you, so you race Tough Mudder. Did you start training then? Like, is it something like you were like, well, now I'm drawn. So now I've seen the Tough Mudder obstacles. So now I'm at the point where, uh, where I want to start training and just focusing my training on doing more. Is, is that, is that how it started for you then? That was the 180 switch for me yeah. um, to train, to change my regiment and everything about myself to train for racing, to become better. Um, because when I first ran it, and to this day, I can tell you this, I have a very, very, very dominant mindset. Um, and I'm, you know, when I'm out there, it's not about, for me, racing. It's not about, it's, a, it's not about anybody else. It's about me. You know, and I race by myself. I don't race with a team. It's always just right. me to improve myself, to do better for myself. And, you know, when I ran that Tough Mudder, I was just so completely 125% mentally, physically, emotionally exhausted. Um, just because it was just so difficult because I wasn't at that training level where I needed to be to be comfortable, but I loved it. You know, and it was, it was such an awesome challenge and I went through it and that's what really just gave me that 180 switch, that light bulb came on and said, I'm, I'm switching it. And I switched it, yeah. you know, and, and that's when the training really came into effect, you know? I got to laugh because that makes me think of, uh, think of the time that we ran into each other on, uh, not this year's cause I, I didn't run PA Spartan, but last year at the, uh, at the uh, the bucket carry, I, I don't know why I'm blanking on the obstacle name, but regardless, and I, I remember I don't know if you remember Chris, we were kind of joking back and forth as as we were running through, which which uh, you know for 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 other people they realize you know like you guys are racing, why are you kind of like joking around and bantering back and forth? But I think for us it's you know I'm the same way with you, you know I'm out there it's it's me it's me against me trying to be better every time, and you mm-hmm. know it's fun. Yes. Fun. Even though, like, like you, like you, and that's how I got the hound nickname from Athletic Fate was, you know, my dominant mindset as well. When I'm when I'm out, it's just I'm I'm I don't stop until I finish. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that doesn't mean you can't have fun. And for those for those of out course. there listening, Chris Chris is a good time on the course because I was joking like uh, I'd seen Chris earlier in the race, and then uh, we got to the the bucket traverse, and people were just kind of like suffering, and I, I yelled over to him like. Hey, didn't I see you on Broken Skull Ranch? And everybody was like, "What?" And they're all you know, like staring at Chris now. 
And, it, you know, it was just a good time. You know, I, I was enjoying our banter back and forth because, I mean, you know what? It's, it's meant to be fun. And that's, that's number one. So, you know, I, I just, I just made me think of that story when, because you, you know, you do look intense in the race. I, I'm, I won't, I, I mean, I won't, I won't joke. You do look intense. You're like, you look like a guy that is like going to break somebody in half. You know what I mean? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. And I'm that guy on the, on the starting line or in the middle of the course that's always cracking jokes like, hey, who put this mountain here? I, I thought this was supposed to be just a, you know, leisure run, you know, things like that. But, um, so you train, you do all this stuff. How did you come across Steve Austin's Broken Skull Ranch? Wow. Okay. Um, well, pretty much how it actually started was it, I believe when I first saw anything about the show, I was watching the CMT music awards and, uh, he came on and I think he was with, from what I can remember, he was with Brantley Gilbert. I think it was like right after Brantley Gilbert performed, uh, you know, he came on and he was talking about this new show that he had. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. Let me, you know, and I, I researched it and I was just like, Whoa. And I started, and I started reading and I was reading more about it. And I was just like, I have to apply for this, like right now. And, you know, I saw this and it was just like, my eyes lit up. It was like, I just received a massive Christmas box. And it was just like, it was Christmas day. And uh, I just, I, I went nuts about it, you know? And I was just like, this is, this is me. I have to do this. I have yeah. to do this. And uh, I applied the first time. I didn't hear anything uh, for a couple of weeks. And then I applied, I think once or two more times, um, and I was just, I was just 24/7 constantly thinking about it. I mean, literally, like it was something that I felt from head to toe that I needed to do in my life. Like that needed to be done for me, um, you know. And I, I, I believe I submitted two or three applications, and uh, they eventually called me back in a couple of weeks. And when they did call me the first time, they called when I was actually in Virginia. I was doing the Virginia Super, and. Yeah. It was the Virginia Super Weekend, and I'm, I'm almost positive that, that that weekend was one of the most difficult Spartan races I've ever done because it was really the, – the weather conditions for that was brutal. Um, you know, but that's when they first called me, and you know, they were talking to me. They said they loved what they saw um, with the website that I had and what they were reading, and they wanted to talk more with me, and then they set up a Skype interview. We went through that whole process, that whole shebang, and you know, I started talking to the producers and things like that, and – you know, that's, that's pretty much how it all came about. Um, you know, they thought that my background story was interesting. You know, they felt that, you know, it was a really good fit for me, and, and that's that's how it happened. Awesome. Yeah, if, just to sidetrack, that Virginia Super, that's um, – remember they, they were nicknaming that the Devil's Trifecta at some point because of between uh, Vermont, Virginia, and they were saying PA – they were considering those the devil's trifecta because that Virginia was just so ridiculously hard for everybody. It um, was so hard. Yeah. It was so yeah, hard. Maybe. Uh, and I, and I, know, I think what made it more difficult too was the, the adrenaline rush, probably not only just for me, but probably for a lot of people early in the morning, because what happened was the weather was so bad in the morning, the elite guys, all of us together yeah. were rushing to that finish line because of the fact that it was just nasty. Like they had to set the time back a half hour. I think we didn't go out till eight. Um, you know, it was just so foggy. It was wet. It was just, everything was just, it was brutal. It was a brutal, brutal course. And it was one that I'll never Winter, forget because I honestly say that that was one of the most difficult races I've ever done. Wintergreen, right? Wintergreen. It was the Wintergreen Resort. I think that was 2014. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I skipped that, knowing that uh, we had PA right. Like I think I think the Pennsylvania race is like two weeks after or before. I know it's right around the same one. And then uh, I was running. I ran New Jersey Super two days in a row, and then Vermont Beast and Ultra Beast back to back days that year. So wow. Oh, New Jersey Super was a trifecta. Yeah, actually, Spartan Race ended up comping my season in 2000 and. Oh, it was 13 I did it. 2014, they caught my season because they had come out and said that nobody could finish the Vermont Beast and then turn around and finish the Ultra Beast the next day. And I think like nine of us <laughs> did. Yeah, so they were like, all right. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, so um, sorry to get back on track. So did, uh, where where is the Broken Hill Ranch? Is it, I mean, when you watch it on TV, it just looks arid and dry and no grass and nothing. Yeah, it's in California, and it's just – it's out in California. Um, you know, where they film and how it's set up is, you know, it's it's California-based. I'm not exactly sure where the location is from what I can remember, um, you know, but it's just out. And I believe they filmed – they filmed before there as well, uh, but it's just <laughs> – it's pretty nasty out there. It was really, really, really hot that week I was out there. Yeah, that's uh... – it just every time I watch it, I'm like thinking, man, that just looks brutal and miserable and just, ugh. But it looks fun too. I mean, I yeah. I would probably get broken in half by guys your size because I'm all of 100 and 170 pounds, you know, wet. Like uh, I know Alex Nicholas went on. Um, yeah. Jeff Rondine, a bunch of guys, a bunch of guys that that run, and you know, everybody's just just huge and i'd be that guy that gets ragdolled on the first obstacle like people would be like well see you later thanks you know you know <laughs> what i mean but so you go you go head to head with these guys i mean how, what was your mindset going in obviously obviously i know what your mindset is because I, I to be honest with everybody the very first show i ever watched at broken skull ranch happened to be a a, a, re, a rego of chris's episode so i was like oh this dude looks intense man like well, I know your mind. You know, well, at, at some um, point, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, at some point, when you showed up for like, like to start filming and and run the first the first obstacle or the first challenge, like, how did that feel? Like, you 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 walk up with these guys that are just you know just just beasts. Some of them are football players that never ran obstacle course races, but they're just you know big dudes. All walks of life. Them eight yeah. eight females, eight eight men every week, you know, when they brought them out. You know, these are people from all walks of life that have all different types of backgrounds, whether that's boxing, whether that's MMA, whether that's whether that's just, you know, racing, running, you know, football, anything, you know, wrestling. Yeah. You know, the, these are just <laughs> everyday people that have tremendous athletic ability. And, um, yeah. you know, it, <laughs> the intensity for me, you know, um, was on a completely different level. Um, I pretty much had that mindset of like a crazy rage war mentality. Um, and what I mean by that, um, is pretty much like, this was like a do or die situation for me. You know, I made it out here. I'm here for a reason. And I just had to switch my mindset to just have so much intensity. Um, you know, and, and I, that's, that's pretty much how it all came about, especially as the filming and, and everything was going on as well. Like it was just, you know, seeing them that brought intensity right away. It was just like, okay, you know, and then I had to get my mindset to switch to like, this was like, it's a do or die situation for me, you know, and, I, and I'm not going home. I'm not leaving, you know, and 
I, I took it that way. You know, that's, that's why that's, that's, that's where that intensity came from, you know? Um, you worked so, hard to get there too. So, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And, you know, and that, and that's what I mean too, you know, with the show itself. Um, and I even expressed that on the show for me, it wasn't about the, the 10 grand, you know, you get the 10 grand when you beat the obstacle course, um, you know, but for me, it wasn't about money at all. It wasn't even about that. Like I had, you know, even when I first saw it, you know, when I saw Steve Austin come on TV and he was talking on TMT and he was, he was talking about a show, it wasn't even about the money. It was about my, my transformation, my right. negative additions into positive additions, you know, and, and where I, where I was and how far I've come, you know, and that's, that was the whole, the whole thing for me, you know, and that's just, that's where I was at with it. How, how hard was it to not be like starstruck by stone cold Steve Austin being there? <laughs> it was, it was, especially when he jumped out of the Bronco, it was like, wow, yeah. it was like, this is really happening, you know? And, uh, seeing him talk and speak, it was just like, wow. Cause I've always grown up as growing up too. I've always watched wrestling. I was always a big, I was always big into wrestling. I was always big into the attitude era, which was still yeah. to this day, I believe in wrestling, the best, the best era of wrestling ever was when he was there, when Goldberg was there, when they were all there, you know, that attitude era was, I believe yeah. the best, yeah, the rock, just everybody like that was the best era. The best time wrestling was on was when that was all going on. You know, and, and seeing yeah. him, I, I've always loved him, and I, I was huge fans of, I was a huge fan of Goldberg, uh, just tons of those guys, you know, and it was just, it was awesome, you know, seeing him, like, right there, hearing him speak, talking to him, like, it was just awesome. It was incredible. And that's got to up the intensity for you, like, you know, like, you know, like, there's Steve Austin watching me just, like, destroy his, his obstacles that he's got out here, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you made mm-hmm. it to the, uh, to the- Buster, which is the the final collection of obstacle force. What? Yeah. What's the feeling going into something like that? I mean, there he is driving behind you with that bear cat, you know, like following you down the following you down. Was it? Uh, I don't. I can't remember for the life of me now. Did you have the log carry at the beginning where you ran the half mile down the road to the log carry and then the swing and then you know so on and so forth? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know. For people, for people that watch it on TV, people gotta sit there and go, "Oh, well, you're just carrying a log, and oh, you're just swinging across a rope." But for those that haven't done it, carrying a log for a half a mile while you're trying to beat a, a certain time that someone else set on a uh, on an obstacle course is definitely not easy. Number one, the log actually hurts. Um, people think mm-hmm. you're carrying a log, but have you ever balanced a log on your shoulders or on your neck or on your back? It's it's not a simple task. And then then to be able to run from there, you know, so, I mean, that's, that's impressive in itself, just, you know, make the skull buster and then take on the skull buster, you know, it's, it's impressive. Yeah. And, you know, I, uh, I tell you as, as what you just said at the beginning there, um, and how, how that felt for me, him following me with the Bobcat, I will (laughs) never, ever forget the things that he said to me when I ran that course, because that was just, that's something that will stick with me for the rest of my life. You know, him stating like, I believe in you. He called me the warrior. You know, he kept calling me the warrior over and over and over again throughout that course when it showed on TV and being able to watch that and listen to him say that was just incredible, you know, because I grew up like loving him and watching him and wrestling and his career and his background and things that he did 
And then being able to hear him say that to me was just, it was like unreal almost. It was, it was yeah, awesome. Pretty cool. That is pretty awesome. Yeah. He, uh, he's definitely motivational when it comes to that event. Um, yeah. And anybody that goes back and watches it or does currently watch it, that's listening, you know, you'll, you'll know, you hear him constantly like, you know, don't give up and, you know, just go and push and, you know, be careful, watch it through here. And, you know, he's, he's constantly just motivating those that are, that are doing the Skullbuster. So it's, you know, that, that's awesome that, you know, he had, like you said, that persona on, on wrestling of, you know, being a bad boy and, and you know, just being a, being a, uh, like he calls it. And we call, I kind of named the show after it, but, you know, certified badass, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and, and that was his persona. And, but to, to you know, he, he generally seems like a great guy. You know, obviously there's a, there's a persona that you portray, you know, in wrestling. And then there's a persona that you have, you know, you know, when you're not wrestling and he seems like a great guy. So I think that's awesome that he was motivational for you in that, you know, in that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. What? So do you, do you have a, do you have like a set training regimen that you, that you do, or do you vary everything every time you go out? Right now, I am on a two-a-day regimen. I do my weight training either in the evening or in the mornings, and I'll do my cardio endurance circuit training either in the morning or in the evenings. I switch them up. It just depends. It varies. Um, but that's that's the regimen that I'm on. My 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 diet, uh, for the most part, it's it's pretty it's pretty simple. It's nothing too crazy. You know, it's a it's a cup of chicken, a cup of rice, a cup of veggies. That's it. And that's that's you, pretty much I mean, it. You have some solid mass. I mean, you're you're a big dude. How do, how does that? I mean, do you eat like six meals a day, or you know, is it? Or do you yeah. just have like one? At least okay. At least six a day. At least six. Um, you know, and I I just stick to that regimen. You know, and I've been, you know, growing up too. I, I started working out. And I started lifting. Wow, man. Probably at the time of I was probably 14 years old. Um, you know, and I've always had a background in, in playing sports and, you know, football. I played football growing up, um, you know, really? and things kind of fell short for me there. And I don't think I really was able to explain that either. You know, once I was released from that one program, um, I was released because they wanted me to play football. And I had the mindset of really being determined to get on the football field because I love football. I always have. I've always had that background it was football, wrestling and baseball. Um, you know, yeah. but unfortunately at that time with my, I guess you, what I would call it is a rap sheet the coaches didn't like me because of who I once was and they couldn't see yeah. me for who I was at that time. So I was unable to ever play sports, you know, and I think that's why I fell in love with OCR so much too was because of that reasoning it was because like growing up, like, ah, man, I could have played high school football, you know, and I could have wrestled, but you know, the things that I did and the choices that I made, you know, drastically affected me. And so I, and I, I, you know, I always had a love for sports and that was another big ticket for me was, falling in love with obstacle horse racing because I, I love sports and I found something that was my niche. Right. I, I think it's unfair that because of, like you said, who you were, that you got singled out and, and couldn't, you know, couldn't compete. I think the, the problem is, and, and going back to that, and I don't want to keep drumming that up, but you know, the problem is, is how do you expect anybody to turn their life around or recover if you don't give somebody chances? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you got to, somebody a chance and then, like you said it was who you were it wasn't who you who who you were at the time you wanted to play sports it's, it's who you were in the past and you know I think it's I think it's unfair that they didn't let you compete but 
I, I think it's awesome that you found your way to obstacle course racing and, you know, and you're here now because, like I said, you know, looking at your training regimen, I mean, you and I have similar training regimen. Obviously, I don't look like you do. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Because I'm out running ultra marathons and, and things of that nature. But, you know, I, I run with the uh, elevation mask and train with the elevation mask and, and tires. Now, you posted on Instagram you were uh, deadlifting a tire. How How heavy was that thing? Oh, uh, that was, that was one of the most recent pictures. And I actually, I'll tell you what, I use that tire quite frequently. Um, the weight yeah. with that is tremendously heavy. I couldn't even tell you exactly what the weight is of that tire. Um, but I play with it a lot. I enjoy, I enjoy using that and using it in my circuits, especially when I'm, uh, when I'm in the cardio endurance, um, I really enjoy using tires and I swear by the elevation mask. I love the elevation yeah. mask and it's really cool that you use that too. Um, I yeah. think that does wonders for me. Absolutely. Um, Victor Carrillo, he's a, he's a big time. And you know, Victor, he is uh, also one of the oral IV athletes. Uh, Machete. Yes. Yes. Uh, he, he's heavily into elevation training and he's got, you know, Hunter McIntyre and, and uh, those guys on, on board with him. And it's impressive because, you know, people around here see you train with it and are like, what, what, what the hell is that guy doing? Like, what, what mm-hmm. is that going to do? And I just keep telling <laughs> you know what, you can doubt it all you want. Don't put it on. You're not the one wearing it. I am, you know, and uh, I guess we'll see when it comes time to toe the line of a race, who, who, ha- who's going to have stronger cardio. Cause I mean, we know, we know in a Spartan race or an obstacle course that legitimately takes the starting line and, and the starting line is on the side of a hill that you run straight up when they say go, you know, is all going to, all going to depend on who has the best cardio. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, I, like I, I appreciate it, and I think it's awesome that you know we're into the elevation mask because you know I, I I love it too. Um, yeah, I mean sometimes you'll hear me gasping in it just because I'll get out of out of my head of my breathing, and then I'll be like, oh my god, I can't breathe, and then I'll start gasping, and then people will be like, uh, I'm like I'm all right, but you know it really does control <laughs> your breathing. Yeah. Yes. You know, but uh, no, that's awesome. Um, that's higher. I probably wouldn't be able to budge. Just throwing that out there. I mean, it looks like it's like, uh, I mean, like I said, your mask and then you pick that tire up and it, it makes you look like you're my size. And I look at that tire <laughs> and I'm like, I couldn't even imagine lifting that thing, let alone trying to flip it or even, you know, trying to pick it remotely off the ground. So, you know what I love is, uh, uh, when you when you post you you roll you roll uh, you roll mu- music lyrics out which uh, you and I have the same taste in music too man like you know I'm out there listening oh. to a lot of a lot of heavy hard stuff just just because that's motivational for me you know yes yes and I say I say that all the time because people ask me why people all the time around here like people will ask me like you know what what am I listening to you know yeah. um, when I train or you know when I'm racing you know what's my mindset like I constantly constantly just listen to, to heavy rock music and that's five finger death punch or that's parkway drive i love parkway drive especially their new album they just came out with it's, it's incredible it's incredible right um i actually listened to that cd it was really cool because i got to do i think this was last year i got to do the ultra beast and the beast in vermont um i did the beast on saturday and the ultra on sunday and there was yeah. i was on the course that showed that there wasn't uh really any water obstacles for that uh, so I decided to take my pack, but I took my phone with me this time. So for the first time, I think out of all the races I've done, I was able to actually listen to music 
I had the Parkway Drive CD on the whole entire time, and it was the most motivating thing for me. I mean, I can't even begin to explain. So, yes, like I am really into that music. I always have been. I like Breaking Benjamin. Um, you know, I'm really into that, that rock, that rock music, all of that stuff really, really gets me, that motivates me. So I always throw that out there with, with images that I upload, um, you know, because every song they come out with, I always, I always lyrically look at it too, you know, and I, and I, I read, I listen, and then it's just like, yeah, this is awesome. This is where, this is a lot of my motivation right here. A lot, a lot of my, a lot of my punch comes from Rob Zombie. Um, okay. Rob Zombie is my primary on mine and Disturbed roles primary mm-hmm. on mine. Yeah, I mean, I Rob Zombie's music, as heavy as it is, there's like dance in it and just like a lot of, you know, a lot of just beat that you can really just really pull along to. But yeah, I'm with you there. I know uh, Disturbed and Chevelle are going to be in uh, Reading in October. There you go. I just so, saw Disturbed I mean, actually not too long ago in, uh, in Pittsburgh, actually. They came with uh, Breaking awesome. Benjamin. It was an awesome show. Nice. It was awesome. I came in Hershey with, uh, with Rob Zombie. Cool. And that was. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I I love that. That music motivates me. Uh, a lot of times, like uh, my the one fast song that really just I don't realize I'm running. Like uh, like if I'm on the road and I'm running and the song comes on, I'll end up pulling like a sub six minute pace even in a training run. It's that uh, Lincoln Park giving up. Mm-hmm. That's a great one. That's a great one. That song, that song just like like fires me, like fires is something in me that just I don't know. Like when I hear it, I don't even think about the fact that I'm running or working out or whatever. I'm just you know driving forward, and it's a, you know great stuff. So those out there, yes, music does motivate you. Um, you know, I, I yeah, I'm the same way. People ask me what I listen to a lot, um, so they assume because we're tattooed and everything that it's going to be heavy metal, but unfortunately, yes, it is, but not because I have tattoos. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? like, how many people, like you talk about country music. I'm the same way, man. I, I listen to country a lot too. When I'm not working mm-hmm. out, it's, you know, country music and, and things of that, you know, I just, I like good music. It doesn't, doesn't mean it has to be a set type of genre. It's just, as long as it's good and it flows, I, I, I like it. You know, Jason, yeah, Aldean, I couldn't agree all those. Uh, I mean, Brantley Gilbert's actually going to be coming to uh, Pittsburgh tomorrow, actually, with Justin Moore and uh, Colt Ford. I listen to country, too, man. I'm the same as that way. And uh, Al Dean's going to be in Hershey. Yes, I saw that. I saw that. Yep. Yep. Uh, Awesome. Um, So you actually run your own race called Recent Obstacle Race. Do you want to talk about that? You just had a race in uh, August. Now, you're three and a half hours from me, so it's hard for me to – to do one of those. I really want to get out and do one, but it's hard for me to, you know, drive a three and a half hour drive and run and drive three and a half hours home. You know what I mean? It's like a long day. But, right. Um, right. I, um, your- I am actually, sure, sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, with, with the race itself, it's something that I decided to want to do. Um, and I, it was, it was always something that I wanted to do for ever since I got into the sport, you know, and ever since I started racing a lot, you know, and really getting the feel for what racing was all about. Um, I had the mindset of feeling like, hey, you know, I can really, I can make something my own, and you know, and that's, that's what I did, and um, you know, I, I felt really confident about it, and, and it's, it's going great. Um, you know, I had a race July fourth. The first race I ever had was was July fourth, and it was a great turnout. It was awesome. You know, it was on farmland. Uh, it was a 5K. I've never won anything past the 5K yet. Um, for 2017, I have some big goals coming here um, for the race series itself. Um, I'm looking to push more so. 
um, in Philadelphia. Um, I feel like a lot of it has to do with um, I feel if I would move it out towards that way a little bit more, the growth would be there a little bit more. Um, well, so I'll that's, that's a big reasoning of why. Yeah, that's a big reasoning of why I'm pushing to go out towards in that direction to have a race for 2017. Um, yeah. You know, but with the race series itself, my all-time objective for that is to have a race that is completely different from any other obstacle racing series. And then what I mean by that is like setting up challenges and obstacles that have never been done before. And, you know, when I, when a race is about to come about, I have people email me all the time stating like, Chris, what, you know, what are these, what are the obstacles going to consist of? Or, you know, people just wanting to know more and more and more. I keep it quiet. Sure. And uh, some people are just like, why, like, why do you, you know, like some people are just like, I don't understand why he doesn't say anything about it, you know, but for the most part, I keep it quiet because I want people to, not expect what's going to be in front of them. Um, and pretty much I try to just completely switch the game up when it comes to obstacle course racing and challenges and, you know, just different types of obstacles that people will just be blown away by. Um, right. That's, that is my main objective and my main goal. Um, and, you know, for the first race itself, it was awesome. You know, I had some really cool, I took some of, uh, I took some challenges from the show itself and put them in obstacles mm-hmm. in the race, which made it really cool. Um, you know, and just different types of challenges that have never been done before. And that's, that's why I love having and doing what I'm doing now. Um, you know, so it has been, it has been pretty successful, you know, and it's, it's growing for me and, you know, I'm going to I'm going to continue to keep rolling with it. You know, um, it's, it's awesome. Do you, uh, so you, you plan, are you planning on doing any more races for the end of the year? I know, uh, last year you had one in October, correct? Yes. Yes. And do you plan on any more for this season, or are you going to focus primarily on 2017 and a, and a venue change? Yes, I think I'm going to be focusing mainly on the 2000, the 2017 and the venue change. Um, and that's just because oh. I really, I really see some some big things happening if I push more so out towards Philadelphia. Um, so I think that would be really really cool. Um, and that's that's where I'm at right now with it. Is I'm looking I'm looking forward to 2017, and you know I'm hoping to have two two possibly three races of 2017 as well. So um, there's definitely awesome. some, some big things coming there. And um, yeah, it's, it's definitely pretty cool. And, and me, you know, for racing itself, I haven't even really raced that much this year just because I've been busy with other things and getting some other things going for myself. I did the, I did the PA super, um, right. You know, the Spartan. Uh, but, you know, I also look 2017 is like my huge, you know, I just put a massive circle around that year because I have a lot of big things planned for that. And I'm, I'm pretty much like in the prepping stage of doing it now. Um, and that's just for my race season and racing along with the race series itself. So it's both. Um, and that's just kind of, that's kind of where I'm at with things, you know, at the moment. Awesome. I can't, I can't wait to see what comes up. Um, yeah, like I said, if, if, if there's a venue closer to me, I, you know, I definitely want to come out and uh, show support and run, especially with us, you know, yeah. being teammates on, on two teams and, and things of that nature. I definitely, definitely want to show my support for you. Cause you know, I think, I think it's going to be, it'll get big. And, and if you guys don't know, I was looking at Chris's Instagram. We were talking about this off, 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 uh, off blog. This dude has 18,000 followers on Instagram. So maybe we can get 18,000 people to show up to your race, Chris. <laughs> That'd be pretty wild, wouldn't it? What, that would be freaking awesome, and then maybe uh, you know, like get a band or something, and that'd be pretty. That'd be pretty sweet. 
I'm just I'm just spitballing. Oh, yeah. You don't have to use any. You don't have to use any of my ideas. <laughs> They're not trademarked or anything like that, brother. But those ideas but, are uh, awesome, now, You know, and, and they've already crossed my mind because great minds think alike, and I think you and I think alike in a lot of different ways. So everything that you just said there has already crossed my mind. So it's you know it's cool. Yeah, man, you, know, you know, I definitely you, think. You need help, you know where to get me because I, you know, I'm here. So. You know, I'm only uh, 40 minutes outside of Philadelphia, so, you know, absolutely. If you need help or, 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 or need anything, I'm definitely, I'm definitely in between Philly and you. So, um, mm-hmm. like I said, I can't wait to see what goes on. I saw, like, glimpse, glimpse photos that you had on the site of the race, and I saw the, uh, the tire tower. I don't know what you call that. Tire's yeah, nightmare. That looked, yeah, that looked pretty sick. And I was like, man, mm-hmm. look at that thing. That's awesome. You know, um, <laughs> so, yeah. I can't wait to see it. You know, maybe, maybe if you get uh, you get some some kind of like crazy obstacles, the OCR World Championship will will want to recruit them in there because they've already brought uh, Rob Rob from Fit Fit Challenge. They brought his obstacles in. Um, they were there last year. You know, I, I think that'd be that'd be pretty freaking sweet. You know. Oh yeah, that's awesome. That would be so cool. Absolutely, dude. You know, um, you know that's a, that's an impressive race itself. I don't know if you had the chance to get out for the OCR World Championships. I haven't, you know, and I, I was supposed to. I can't. I don't know if it was 2015 or 2014, and something yeah. came up, and I wasn't able to make it out there. But I have not been out there yet. I did race on the same stomping grounds, though. Uh, I was out there for yeah. Battle Frogs. Um, yeah. and that terrain, mm-hmm. that terrain out there is brutal. Did, did you ever wonder why how that would actually be in the middle of Ohio? Like you drive through Ohio and you can see like four miles out either in either direction. Then you go to this King's Domain and you're like, where the hell did this mountain come from? Mm-hmm. I uh, mm-hmm. I actually got concussed. I got concussed in the OCR World Championships last year. So um, George Berg actually found me wandering around the woods while I was trying to run through. So, but uh, wow, they had. Uh, they had obstacles in that race last year from Sweden, from uh, you know all over the country. It was pretty impressive. The, I don't know if you saw photos of it. It was like it was called the Dragon's Back, where you actually jumped from one platform to another. You had to grab the bar off an angle and jump on. And standing underneath it, you're like, oh, it's only like a eight foot gap or six or eight foot gap between it. But standing on top of it, getting ready to jump, it looks like it might as well be like a hundred feet of distance. It's it's pretty impressive. So that'd be, that'd be pretty awesome to see you get get something in the, in that championship. I'll tell you what, man. Oh yeah, that's a good that's a good futuristic goal for me to have. You know, I think I yeah. I, agree, I agree with you. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine the things you have set up. And I don't like I said, I don't want you to divulge them either because I want people to be surprised. That's the fun of running those races, not knowing what's coming up. You know, you better be mentally yes. prepared as well as physically prepared. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. the challenge for us. I think. Oh, I couldn't agree more, and, I, and that's that's why, you know, I do, you know, when I do have an event, I do have something going on. I always try to keep it quiet as much as I possibly can until the day of, until they see it, you know, because um, it gets them. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I apologize. No, it's just, um, you know, it just, it, it's a good way for me to do it that way. You know, I just, I, I, I'd rather do it that way than express, you know, over media or tell anybody, you know, what they're going to be facing. I'd rather them face it head on without knowing. Absolutely. Um, you know, you can always tell people it's going to be like, you're going to have an underwater challenge solving, solving a Rubik's cube in three minutes, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <People> <laughs> ask, you know, like, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to be uh, 
deworming seals, you know. I <laughs> all lines of crap, you know what I mean? Right? But I think yeah. that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, and it's funny because you can probably get name recognition, especially being being so close to like Hershey and stuff. You know what I mean? Like I hear yeah. I hear obstacle race, I was like, oh, you know, interesting, interesting. But you know, that's 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 pretty cool. Um, so usually what I do at the end, we're, we're pretty much near the end. We got about seven minutes left, Chris. And I just ask, I ask everybody if they have, do you have any special uh, sponsors or anybody you want to, you want to give props to, um, you're more than welcome to do so. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely swear by athletic state. I love, love, well, yeah, just love the company, um, and everything about them. Um, fit aid oral IV swear by them too. Um, you know, it's definitely, definitely big with Oral IV. Um, you know, I really think, you know, they're all great companies, you know, and they've supported me, you know, throughout the races that I've had, you know, with sending product in for the events and to have them set up at the tent, the tents that I had yeah. for my events. Um, you know, so they've really been, they've been two thumbs up positive and supportive for me, you know, and I love the products too, you know, so it's great. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, um, for you guys that haven't tried it, Athletic State is uh, medical-grade compression. Um, Chris and I both race in it. Uh, there's a lot of our teammates out there that run. You'll see uh, Athletic State was sponsoring, sponsoring Battle Frog for a while there. Um, Ryan Atkins runs in it. Um, Joey Petrolia, who's actually one of the main guys over at uh, Oral IV as well, he, he's the sponsor. He's athlete. the man. If you ever, yeah, dude. His, man, I'm so jealous of that dude's abs. <laughs> he is the man. <laughs> He's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I love Joey. He's a good dude. Um, so you know, Athletic State. Uh, I'm I'm in, I'm heavily into it, Chris, and I think you are. But I'm I'm also into it for its recovery aspects, not just racing, but uh, the year I ran the the Beast and then the Ultra Beast back to back, like you did the other year. Um, that night after the beast, I was head to toe athletic state, uh, long sleeves and pants, and then just, you know, bundled up mm-hmm. and just kept the muscles basically flattened out and, and loose. So yeah, I, I can't agree more. Definitely a great company. Um, oral IV, I got to laugh because how many times do you have people say, what is it? Just water? I don't understand. And you tell them, <laughs> just, just take it and you'll get it. You know, it's, it's a complex, uh, Thing to explain to somebody about how oral IV works, but I think Chris can tell you if you ever talk to Joey, um, you know Victor, all everybody that's that's an oral IV athlete will tell you that it works. Um, you know, people say it's the placebo effect. It's not a placebo effect. Trust me. Um, ultra marathons, I rock usually two vials every five miles, and I don't uh-huh. ever cramp up and. You know, sometimes I'll go out and run and I'll be like, oh, I didn't bring my oral IV and I'll feel it like I'll feel sluggish. And, you know, I'll just, you know, the days I take oral IV, I don't I don't feel sluggish or anything. It just it's just helping maintain water in your body and helping your body, you know, be enhanced with your water. So you guys if you guys haven't tried it, try it out. It's impressive. You know, I don't I don't know how much you take it, Chris, but I I uh, I definitely take it. You'll see it in an ultra marathon or, or whatever. If someone's taking a photo of me when I stop, it's you know it's oral IV. So mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, I swear by it. I do, and it's it's funny that you said that you take it. What'd you say? You say take take two every five miles, just about. Yeah, if I'm if I'm running, uh, usually my training runs are anywhere from 11 to 15 miles. 
each time. So yeah, and, and in races, especially ultra marathons, I usually take about two every five miles instead of one, just to you know, yeah. I mean, putting a lot of energy. So yeah, so I don't. You take one or two. Two. I take two. Just it's, it's weird. That's why I thought it was funny when you said about every five miles. It's about where I'm at too. I use that. That's, oh, that's really? the intake. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's, I, 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 especially in like a, a trail run, five miles is roughly about, you know, 40, 45 minutes. Um, you know, I, it, I don't need to take it then most times, but I do religiously just because I don't want to get to the point where I have to fight now for if I feel an impending cramp and then I'm like, I should have taken a oral IV sooner or, you know, whatever. So yeah, I'm right there with you. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's weird when we, when we actually sit down and get the brass tacks talking on here, how much we think alike and do alike. You know, it's impressive. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It definitely is. It's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's neat because, you know, we, if you guys don't don't get it, like Chris and I never talked about oral IV before. And, you know, here we are talking the first time. We're both learning that. We're both taking it literally identically the same way. You know, and that's, it, it's impressive. <laughs> other athletes, other athletes say, well, you know, I only take one before I start and one after I finish, you know, if it's an OCR or whatever. But, yeah, it, it's it's pretty impressive. Same taste in music. The only the only difference is, is uh, you know, like I said, you're you're twice my size. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I like I said, I really appreciate being on here today, Chris. Um, I, I I my goal hopefully is to uh, increase increase the followers for your race and uh, you know get people out there and run your race. Like you said, you know, you're you're doing obviously different than all the other OCRs out there in the market. So that's what's going to set yourself apart from everybody. And, you know, I, I definitely have high, high hopes and aspirations for you to definitely succeed for 2017. So, like I said, I appreciate you being on here and sharing your story and, you know, hopefully people see this and say, you know what? Yeah, definitely. I'm going to go out there and run or, or make myself better. Yeah, man, that's awesome. You know, and I'm, I'm glad that, you know, you reached out to me and you wanted to talk and you wanted to make this happen. And, you know, I'm glad the opportunity was presented and, you know, it was awesome. It was good talking with you, and I hope that, you know, we uh, we get to become a little bit closer and uh, keep in touch a little bit more, and maybe we can have another talk here again soon, you know? You never know. Absolutely. You know, what we'll do is uh, – what we can do, too, is uh, as you get closer to your, you know – wow, that was loud. If you get start to your events, you know, I'll get you back on, and we can, we can promote up the next event for you, too, if you're good with yeah, that. Yeah, that would be awesome. Oh, yeah, I'll awesome. be very good with that. That would be great. Sounds great, Chris. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off the show. So, like I said, I appreciate you you coming on, and I'll definitely be in touch here in a little bit after the show. Okay, brother. All right, man. That sounds great. It was good talking to you. Absolutely, and you take care. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right, guys. So you just heard from Christopher Reese. Um, awesome dude. Go out, check him out on uh, Instagram. Like I said, he's got eighteen thousand followers. It's awesome i mean the dude's got a big following he he posts a lot of inspirational stuff on instagram um sorry chris i'm going to throw out your tag there it's reese underscore elite three two two four um check him out uh a lot of good stuff you want to check out mine it's at run hound run run hound run um i have the hound in pretty much everything i do here uh i post a lot of uh uh, ultra marathon photos not ultra marathon photos because i don't really take pictures on ultra marathoning but you know, run photos and uh, weird stuff I do at the gym. But uh, go out, check out Chris. Uh, he's awesome. 
So you have been listening to another episode of Beyond Ultra. Today is Friday, August 19th, 2016, coming at you from sunny Pennsylvania. I hope you guys enjoyed the show, and uh, we will talk soon. So take care, guys, and uh, enjoy your day.